The Accounting Insider with Kim Nitschke. I'm Andrew Montesi with Kim Nitschke for another episode of The Accounting Insider. And Kim, we're continuing um, not just about property, but we're breaking it down even further into this building niche that you've really got. We've spoken about um, your first major project um, on your own home. And now we're going to talk about um, a rental property, commercial property, where you really put your building skills to the test. So perhaps let's um, give us a bit of an intro to this project and then how it came about where you ended up uh, on the tools yet again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, I bought a property uh, in a um, suburb of Adelaide. I built it specifically for a retail tenant and that tenant when I built it basically swore that they were going to be there for seven years and they were going to renew that and then on and on it was going to go it was going to be set and forget anyway we got to the end of the seven year term and they said we want to move out we don't think we've got enough passing traffic and if we move to the shopping center down the road our business is going to go up to the next level so that was fine I said no worries see you later thanks and then I thought it'd be pretty easy to get a tenant, but it took me two years. And so it sat empty for two sat years. Sat empty for two years. And, we, and I was trying to get tenants, and I pointed a local real estate agent to try to find tenants, but we really struggled, and we really were going nowhere. And that's not good as a property owner, because you're still up for all the interest payments, you're still up for all the council rates, land tax, water rates, everything, and it's got to come out of your day-to-day cash flow. Mm. So it was tight for two years. But uh, I guess 18 months into that um, period of time, someone approached me and they said that they'd like to rent it. And I said, that's fine. And they said, but there's one catch. We want you, we want you to do the fit out. And I said, well, I don't have the money to do the fit out. I, I had access to the funds, but I'd have to borrow it from the bank. And I didn't really want to go down that track. So they went away and then they came back a little while longer. They couldn't find anything that was as suitable as that property. And they told me that. And they said, we really want to work with you we will lend you the money interest free and you repay it over the period of the loan uh, over the period of the lease and i'm thinking that sounds too good to be true and they said no no we're very serious and i said okay well that's fine and they gave me a budget for the fit out mm. and i got it quoted up by all the local builders and they couldn't get anywhere near it so that was the problem <laughs> so it comes back to you <laughs> so, who was going to be the only person who could do it at that price me <laughs> and by that that means that um you know like how am i going to make all this ground up basically by me doing a lot of the laboring yeah and i'm time poor so <laughs> i was working a lot of late nights yeah so you came came back to the the draftsman stage and you didn't have we spoke about your draftsman in the last episode but you didn't have him to go to on this occasion no, unfortunately, he got stomach cancer halfway through the last job, and he passed away, which was terrible. He was such a lovely bloke, but I remember speaking to him on his hospital bed, and he was giving me instructions about what he meant in his plans, you know, like Amazing just go. understanding. It was incredible. He was such a nice guy, and he was saying, yeah, yeah, Kim, I'll be there. I'll be able to sign off on it and all that. I'm coming good. I'll be out of here in a couple of weeks. Well, he never came out. Yeah, wow. So, so anyway, yeah, I need a draftsman. And I'd spoken to a couple of people in Adelaide, but there was like a, a month wait, and it was going to be a couple of grand to draft all the internal fit-out plans out in this building. So I went on Odesk, 
and put up a pitch to my job. So that's awesome. So Odesk is, um, it's now called Upwork, upwork.com, and it's a freelancer site where you can basically get anyone from anywhere to do all kinds of jobs. But um, most people wouldn't realise that um, you can get some of this building stuff done. Yeah, Drafting. So, so uh, it was, you know, obviously you get hundreds of people, well, maybe not hundreds, but... Um, 20 or 30 people apply, and a lot of them weren't any good, but there was one guy who I thought, this guy really seems perfect for my job. He was an architect, US qualified, working out of California, and he worked for me for $7 an hour, US. Unbelievable. And he did things overnight. It was amazing. And you know, people would be thinking, well, how does he know all of our rules and regulations? He didn't need to know all of that. Mm. He just needed to be able to draft it all up in AutoCAD so that we could get measurements and give them to tradies to be able to work out how much material they needed. But he was pedantic, like to the point where he made me measure things three times because he told me that I got his, I'd got the measurements wrong. And in the end, we were having a little bit of a to and fro argument on the email about whether I was right or wrong, and we both agreed to say the building was out of square. <laughs> but that's brilliant that you've, you know, at seven bucks an hour, you've got... A guy that actually really cares about his job and what he's doing. He was he was amazing, uh, but I must have, in hindsight, I got him to try to do some more work after that. But he'd moved on. I think he'd gotten onto the fact that he was a very valuable resource, and someone had just snapped him up. Yeah. But there'll be more people out there. If I was doing it again, I'd still don't go down that route. Yeah, for sure. And what? So what next? So uh, got it all drafted. Got it all signed off by the new. Uh, tenant, we got our, la- uh, our leases all drafted up and all the legal documentation, that was all great. Then it was coming to a point where we put everything in a spreadsheet, Excel spreadsheet, and we were getting quotes in from our tradies. First quote, I guess, was from the plumber, and the quote was, I think, $30,000, because we had to put in heaps of disabled toilets, about another five toilets, I think. So there was a lot of cutting of concrete, digging holes, and reconnecting to existing um, sewer lines and things like that. Very labour intensive. So I didn't have room in my budget for that expensive plumbing quote. So I went down to the Adelaide tool shop and I said, I need to buy a jackhammer. <laughs> and the guy behind the counter said, this is the best one. Yeah. <laughs> he said, it won't let you down. So I handed over a cheque for $999 and then I dug for 13 hours. Jeez. <laughs> but it saved me a pile of money. Um, it probably, you know, I, I spent, I think that was over two days. I don't think I could pack that into one day, but mm. I just ruled out two days out of my diary and I dug and I remember at one point I dug over my own head height and the tenant a- arrived at the site just to have a look through and they just thought I was a tradie. <laughs> <laughs> and I jumped out of the hole <laughs> and I said hello and then she recognised who it was. But Instantly, she had rapport with me. She knew yeah. that I was taking her job seriously. You're committed. I was totally committed to it. I knew that we had a tight deadline, a tight budget, and she was fully on board with that. You know, automatically commanded respect mm. with it. It was great. Meanwhile, you're trying to run an accounting practice as well. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We did. So next step. Uh, so it, it moseyed along. We had um, uh, we had jip rockers and we had carpenters come in and we had electricians. Uh, but we got to the point where it was the furniture. And unfortunately, I'd agreed to provide furniture as part of the fit out. 
And so the tenant came back and said, this is all the stuff I'd like. And I looked at the price and I almost died. There wasn't room, obviously. <laughs> so I just went on to Alibaba that night and I put up, I, I, I searched, um, you know, office furniture and 100 names came up. I took five of them. I emailed them. I um, sent them photos and the quote of what I'd been quoted locally. And I crossed out the amounts or whited them out. And then on my desk the next morning, one of them came back and said, we can do it all and it'll be this price, which was a third of what I'd had quoted in Adelaide. See, I love it. So you're outsourcing again. Uh, so for people who haven't heard of Alibaba, it's basically a marketplace for um, Chinese factories and, and any sort of work that you need produce or products you can find on Alibaba. It's, it's one of the most amazing sites ever. And they're now one of the most valuable companies in the world. So a little bit of context there. But you're outsourcing again. Yeah, so it, it, it was really weird because it seemed like the penny dropped and it seemed like the people in Adelaide were outsourcing it to this factory in China because yeah. the lead times and everything oh, were all sure. the same. Yeah, so, you've, you've just cut out the middleman. Exactly. So um, we, we lined it all up and I was thinking, this, you know, these guys might be shysters, but they didn't, they weren't. And... I sent some an employee from my office over to actually visit the factory and look at the furniture before it was loaded into a container and sent back to Australia, just to double check that we had uh, we weren't getting ripped off and these weren't con men and that all the furniture looked great. And that staff member rang me from over there in the middle of the night and said, "Look, this is amazing. I can't believe it. It looks awesome. Here's all the photos." And away we went. The problem I made a major problem on that. <laughs> I don't care to admit it. Um, I thought it'd be like a Kia, you get it home, you assemble all this stuff, because obviously it comes out of China. A massive sea container arrived at my house, and it was just jam-packed with flat-packed furniture. Now, just to physically unload the container took three hours. I'd allowed uh, two people three days to unload, assemble, and install all the furniture. Well, away, I was way out, so it took... Three, it took three weeks for four people. Jeez. So in hindsight, it was a nightmare assembling this stuff. Mm. We had um, Chinese plans, IKEA style, but in Chinese, laid out all over the floor of my house, trying to work out what nut went where. And you, you couldn't just ring up the factory and say, mm. how does this all go together? They'd come back with emails saying, um, may I please speak to your experienced technician? <laughs> <laughs> You're saying, to it. Exactly. So in hindsight, I'd do it all again. I'd buy it all from that same factory, but um, I would get one of their or two of their staff to fly out with the container, and I'd put them up with accommodation for two weeks just to assemble it all. Yeah. Because it probably in, wouldn't even take them two weeks because they're so familiar with the product. Yeah, exactly. It'd probably anyway. be a lot, lot quicker. But in the end, I had my staff members, myself, my mum and dad all assembling this stuff over the weekends and into the evenings and I'd just provide food and drinks yeah. and entertainment well not entertainment but a nice working environment and we got through it and it was all fine but still you you know apart from that little stuff up it's still obviously a, a great idea to be able to outsource and you still would have saved money surely oh exactly you know in hindsight it was great, but you learn, you go as far as you can see, and then mm. when you get there, you can see further, and you can go to the next level. You know, with this, 
I'd do it all again exactly the same way. But I wouldn't have the overruns with the time yeah. and the labour because I know how it all works. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what about the air conditioning? Oh, yeah. So the air conditioning. Yeah, this is quite an interesting story. Um, <clears throat> I had to install an air conditioner on one part of the building, a split system air conditioning, that sort of protruded out over the footpath. And um, it was a little bit of a tricky install. So I thought I would do it under the cover of darkness to not raise any eyebrows with people walking past, people from the council, neighbours, whoever. So I remember being on a ladder which was tilted out over the footpath at 12 o'clock at night on a Friday night, installing, juggling, you can imagine, the outside component of a split system unit that's got to be lifted up a ladder and mounted on brackets, bolted to the wall about two or three metres off the ground, and doing this from the cover of darkness, all I was using for light was my iPhone, which was in my mouth, (laughs) so that I could see where the bolts all screwed together. And I could hear footsteps coming along the footpath this one particular night. And it was a pedestrian walking along the footpath, and I couldn't stop him, obviously. And I was halfway through the job, so I couldn't get down the ladder and I'm balancing everything it's quite precarious and he looks up at me when he's standing just about to walk under my ladder and he says geez mate you're keen (laughs) (laughs) and I looked down I didn't say anything because I had my iPhone in my mouth but I'm thinking yeah I probably are really in such a tight position and working to such a deadline (laughs) that I was right out there but true to your nature you got the job done we always get the job done it was a little bit over budget, but that was fine. But the end result has been absolutely amazing. The tenant loves it. And the lessons that you've learned, um, you now apply to your sort of property investment portfolio, don't you? Like exactly. building, renovating is a huge part of what you do. It's a real yeah. advantage. And, and when um, customers say, should I do that? Or I'm looking at a commercial property. You know, I've been there, done that. <laughs> And I've learnt the hard way. And they just find that so valuable mm. because, you know, if you get advice, you don't have to make the same mistake twice. Mm. Well, I think it's uh, another cracking episode, Kim, where we've been able to find all these unique, interesting insights that uh, I don't think most people would, would have, particularly accountants. So thanks for listening. Uh, continue to connect with Nitschke Nankaro at nitschkenankaro.com.au. If you like what you're listening to, please rate The Accounting Insider on iTunes. Five stars, I think, would be ideal. That'd be great. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for listening. Thanks. You've been listening to The Accounting Insider Podcast with Kim Nitschke. 